There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. This is Angela McHouston of Music Strong. And I am joined by my lovely co-host, and own performance. And we are going to kind of wrap up our little mini series here um, this week about the, uh, we were using the Things Musicians Don't Talk About podcast um, as our launching point there. Um, Injury Awareness Week. Um, so two times ago, we discussed uh, that concept of getting behind the fear and the, the weight of that. Last time we talked about uh, issues involving blame, shame, and ignoring pain, which is awesome that it rhymed. Um, but the third thing when we were discussing this, you were telling me that you noticed um, was that one of the common themes in, in these uh, individual stories of how they were getting past their injury and getting to the other side of really starting to get back to normal or beyond that, if we will, um, is that they all found that they needed strength. Yeah, that was a, that was a common theme that I was hearing with the, the entire, um, musicians injury week awareness mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't everybody, but it was right. a very common thread that as they're going through this, one of the things they eventually turn to, whether it was physio or strength training or personal training or any version of that, mm -hmm. strength came into it as what basically was, I don't want to say it's the thing that healed them, but it was right. like the missing piece. And yeah. it's the missing piece we don't talk about or music right. schools are afraid to talk about or, right. you know, it's just the big yeah. elephant in the room. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it, it's something that we've we've touched on, I know, in our podcast several times here, probably more than several times, considering mm -hmm. that we both do strength. Um, but there's this like, oh, but that's not what we do. We're we're artists. We're creatives. We don't do that, you know. Um, and I know a lot of it for a lot of people, too, comes from that um, kind of PE, phys ed. Um, mm sports scars, if you will. Um, Can I tell you how much I hated PE? Right. <laughs> which doesn't make sense with what I do, but PE I hated. Uh-huh. Same. Same. Hmm. I mean, the evaluation tools that were used caused me to believe that I did not have physical ability, hmm. which is just so not true. You know, but that's that's that what are you being evaluated on versus what are you being taught? All that stuff. But a lot of people in the arts tend to have that. Oh yeah. Well, I, I did this for a little while, but then this happened and, or um, won't name names, but I had one person tell me um, that they were made fun of uh, for showing up. I don't remember if it was basketball or football tryouts. And they were in like late elementary, maybe early middle school. And they showed up in jeans because they didn't know any better. And 
either the, the coach or the TA or somebody made fun of them. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know any better, you don't know. Right. And, and you think about how old that person must have been. I'm like 10, 11, mm. 13 at the oldest. Like yeah. that's early on to get that kind of shame ingrained into your system and associate it with physical activity. Yeah. I remember, have, do you remember this, the presidential, or was it, what was it? The presidential yeah, physical fitness, fitness test. Uh -huh. And I always thought it was like silly. I'm like, does the president do this? I don't know, but I can't do pull-ups and no. I suck at running. I sucked at running as a kid. I've never right. been able to do a pull-up in my life. Does right. that mean I can't be strong? No. Does that mean I can't be physically fit? No, but that was just that thing. And I get where they're coming from, where they're trying to give us kind of a standard and kind of a goal and something right. that we can rally around and encourage each other and, you know, something. Right. But it's, it's not, it's, it's, and I get this with the army physical fitness test too. They don't, the new one anyway, the ACFT, the Army Combat Fitness Test, which is the one that has replaced the Army Physical Fitness Test, APFT. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me started on how dumb I think this is. I think they're both dumb. I think the last one was antiquated, beyond antiquated, but this new one is just stupid. Reason being, most of us are not going to have to do all this stuff. But the main thing is, they don't. Um, all they do is they, they make it, um, you have the exact same standards, everybody across the board. They don't care if you're a 50-year-old woman or an 18-year-old male. Um, excuse me, what? What? Just think about that. How many 50-year-old females and 18-year-old males do you know that are physically similar? I know zero. Absolutely zero. I know negative people that are falling in that category, right? So when you think about that, and I, you know, I, I, I put that back to the, the, the presidential thing when I was in what, second grade, we did this first grade. They're just trying to get you to move. And I, I applaud that, but it's like, no, you've got, you've got these things that they, they separate you and there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to make, uh, what's the word you have to, um, Compassion for sex, for age, for also for jobs. So all they've done in the new ACFT is say, okay, if you have a less demanding physical job, you get to do less. Period. That's it. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I guess it does, but it's just, uh, yeah. I mean going back, sorry, I'm <laughs> going back just a little bit um, to kind of jump off of that, but I'm not sure it quite lines up. So um, on a similar front, it's that, you know, you, you mentioned the president's, president's physical fitness exam. I remember that too. I remember that's what it was called. And so of course that makes you think it's like super ultra important. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're tested on this and you're tested on it once a year, but the curriculum is nothing but ball sports. The PE pull-ups and push-ups and stuff. Oh yeah. The, mm. the exam pull-ups, chin-ups, push-ups, sit and reach. I don't remember what else, but the PE curriculum mm. 
is nothing but ball sports. Mm -hmm. So the instructors have to teach you ball sports and they can't deviate from the curriculum, but then you're tested on stuff that has nothing to do with what you're taught. I mean, that's, it's insane. If we were to come at that from like a musical perspective, like, okay, well, you're going to do nothing but study Baroque oboe, but we're going to test you on jazz bass. <laughs> it's both music, though, yeah. so you should, you should pass. You're never going to touch a bass until the day of your exam, and we're going to test you on jazz. It's that disparate, really, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it leaves us with all of these like really early onset, I, I guess I'm going to call them sports scars. I don't know what else to call them. Mm -hmm. um, but we end up with this like aversion as a group to, we, we associate, oh, well, if you're lifting weights, then you're athletic. And so we're averse to anything to do with athletics because yeah. of our history. So we don't want to touch weights. Yeah, but you know, I, I think back to college and there were several of us who were really like gym rats, I want to say, mm -hmm. but we were yeah. the outliers. Yes. I'm yes. not going to say we knew what we were doing, but we just loved being right. there, but we were by and, by and large, not the norm. Right. It's, it's, and it's absolutely, you will find people who are like, oh yeah, well I do this and uh, powerlifting or some basic powerlifting sure. program. They may not even know that's what it's, what it's called. Mm -hmm. Dozens of runners because, and I quote, running is healthy. Um, whether or not it is, we'll leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> dozens of runners, you know, <laughs> you'll find people who are into ab workouts or dance type stuff. And I am not opposed to any of this mind to you. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's pockets mm -hmm. and it's almost never related to what you do with the instrument. Mm -hmm. It's very rarely, very rarely cross applied that way. Um, yeah. So. Which is why we do what we do, because honestly, it's like that. It's that missing link, really. I mean, we've yeah. talked about it before. You can stretch all you want, but right. honestly. At the end of the day, if you don't know what you're, if you stretch something just because it hurts, doesn't mean you're helping it. A lot of times things that right. hurt are, are weak. That's why right. they hurt because whatever's pulling them is what's tight. Whatever's tight right. doesn't usually hurt. So if you stretch something that's weak, guess what? You're making it weaker. You're going to make, right. you're going to exacerbate the problem. Right. But we are told, I remember in uh, undergrad, I was told, you know, stay out of the gym, you'll hurt your fingers. And I was like, that's mm -hmm. the dumbest mm -hmm. thing I've ever heard. I can hurt my fingers doing anything. That's just a yeah. straight up ignorant statement. It is. And so I laughed and said, <laughs> no. And I kept going back to the gym because I was like, no, it, it has right. to do with what you know. Now, granted, did I know everything? Yeah. No. no. Did I know but all of what I was doing? No. But did I know that picking up heavy things and making my body stronger made me feel better overall and gave me more energy and mm -hmm. a more positive mindset and all those other things that come with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in where, where I came at it from the beginning was my professors are telling me these things from a place of well, well-meaning, yes. but ignorance. Right. I'm on the other side of this 
Mm-hmm. They're not here. They're, they're doing cardio. I'm doing strength training. The yeah. two are not the same at no, all. They're not. They are 0% the same. 0% the same. Nope. Yeah. But you were very fortunate that you had already gotten yourself in there in some way, shape or form versus, I mean, I know that I, I'm going to say I was taught that I was not physically capable from an early age. Mm. I definitely have some of those, you know, PE scars, definitely there. Um, But I was taught that I was not physically capable at an early age. And then I started hurting from the instrument. And so you're going to these people that you trust. They're your mentors, they're your doctors, whatever. And everybody's just saying, don't pick anything up. Don't pick anything up. Don't pick anything up. Don't carry anything. Don't go to the gym, avoid anything strenuous. If you don't, I mean, really part of what took me so long is that I tried everything else, you know, and it just wasn't working. And and you get to a point where you're going, okay, you people think this is acceptable for me to just be doing pain management. It's not acceptable. Pain management is not acceptable. It's management. It doesn't fix the problem. The only practitioner I spoke to who was like, yeah, no, you've got to have a serious like degenerative issue before I would say you actually need permanent pain management. And he's very honest, loving to pieces was the chiropractor who finally diagnosed me in the first place. Mm. He's like, you should not need pain management. It's going to be a lot of work, but you should not need pain management. Okay. The more I learn the more I know, cause you know, your own body, right? Like this is not right. I'm playing and something is still not right. I know what I'm capable of and I'm not there. Mm-hmm. It took so long to go, okay, well, these people are clearly wrong. They misdiagnosed me for how many years, what they're giving me. I only get so much better. Something else is going on. That's not right. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, it was the thing that I was being told to avoid. Strength. Mm-hmm. And the more we dig into this, the more you and I, both experientially firsthand, but also working with other people, mm-hmm. maybe it's not what the injury is, right? So, yes, I have cervical ribs. I have extra rib in my neck, pushes on things, mm. cause the issue. That rib is what was causing the circulation cut off, the blood flow cut off, whatever. But I was so weak, I had to hunch. It wasn't just a shyness thing. Mm-hmm. I did not have the muscular strength. Like you'd tell me, if you're watching on the recording, you can see this. You tell me, okay, shoulders back, and I'd maybe get that far, right? I could not, without trying to, you know, pull, I could not get further than that physically. Couldn't do it. And I see this too with the people that I work with. You tell them to try to, you know, like, okay, bring your shoulders, just relax. And I've seen this with other trainers working with other people too. Like, oh, you, you got to pull. You gotta, no, 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 no. You don't have the muscular mobility mm-hmm. to do it. That's something we can work on. That is not your fault. And it's not through lack of effort. Mm-hmm. Please don't blame yourself for this. No, no. But that aversion to strength is not helping anybody. And even if it's not the cause, like I was, sorry, going back. Mm -hmm. My cervical rib was the cause of my injury, but sorry, quote the diagnosis cause, you know, whatever, even if it's not the manifestation, the root cause, I would say 
is a lack of strength in me. That mm. was my root cause because if I had been strong enough to begin with, I wouldn't have gotten to that position, caused all those problems. Mm-hmm. So if we want to go down that road, sure. I don't have cervical ribs. Thank goodness. I'm sorry. You have to deal with that. That's fine. no fun. I'm just uh, glad I had a cutter who didn't want to cut me. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So first injury I had was overuse. It was tendonitis. Mm-hmm. Could that have been avoided through strength training? Absolutely. Here's the deal. When you load your body mm-hmm. with more work than it is able to do in a mm-hmm. short amount of time, something's going to break. It's like you're loading up a chain that is only yeah. able, like you, yeah. how, do I, how do I say this? You know, like weight you, limits 50 pounds and you drop a hundred on it. What do you think is going to happen? You, it, it can only do 50 pounds. Right. So your body is going to break down at the weak point. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. Could that have been avoided? Absolutely. Could interlock and have said, Hey, we don't know where you are right now in your playing regimen. We don't know how many hours a day you're playing, whatever, you know, can you employ some physical therapy stuff? Why don't you start doing this instead of just going from two hours a day to eight hours a day for eight weeks? Yes. No, no. They just expected it. Could they have mitigated it? Yes, they could. Did they? No. So overuse, but it could have been fixed through strength training. Yeah. Because guess what fixed it when I came out of that situation? Mm-hmm. Yes. I rested for a little bit. And I do mean a little bit. And when I mean a little bit, I mean, I quit playing eight hours a day to like one hour a day for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I did strengthening exercises for my forearm, for my wrist, yeah. for my shoulder. Right. Yeah. Okay. Second ex- the, the second one was in graduate school and I had a, uh, an overuse injury from playing too much. Again, left arm came in front of the body, the, the pectoralis major minor, actually both, uh, both of them were too tight. The rhomboid on my left side was overstretched and weak from what, 15 years of having right. no love and no strength. And it finally, I did a, I did a bench press because I didn't know you're supposed to retract the shoulder blade, stabilize the spine, engage the rhomboid when you press and it tore. And did I know? No, I didn't know. And doctor said, you should rest. And I was like, that's not an option. I can't quit playing. I'm in school for performance. He goes, well, here's some painkillers and massage. Okay. So we're going to massage a torn muscle. Yeah, that didn't, it helped a little bit, but it more helped when he massaged the pec in the front, which was overly tight. And then I eventually learned how to strengthen the muscles in the back. Mm -hmm. Could it have been avoided? Time two. Yes, it could have been avoided. Same thing the third time. It was a third injury. It's exactly the same thing. Could it have been the fourth time? Mm -hmm. It had to do more like with whiplash and stuff. It, It got a little more complicated there. But it all comes back to lack of strength and lack of consistent strength training. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about playing your instrument. It's also about your life. What does your life look like? Have you had car accidents? Are you hypermobile? Have you had this, 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 this? And if you're Mm -hmm. not doing anything to mitigate that, you add playing an instrument on top of it, Mm -hmm. you're asking for problems. It's going to happen. It's not if, it's when. But you can fix that with strength. Right. And if you're coming at it from a, you know, well, you know, previous generation kind of mindset, well, you know, when I was a kid, two generations ago at this point, when I was a kid, we were expected this, that, and the other. Okay. What did your life outside 
look like. Yeah. You were walking places, you were carrying instruments, you weren't necessarily driving a car, you were carrying books, you were doing physical reading, you know, um, you were taking breaks because like it or not, the demand on students and not just students, workers in general, all levels has gotten higher. It has. Less in a physical labor, less and less and less and less and less in a physical way. And more and more in a sit on your butt and get into this hunched position, right? You're going to sit at your desk and you're going to type. And half mm -hmm. people now are on laptops or tablets, which are smaller and smaller and smaller. And your eyes go to the thing that you're looking at. Your eyes lead your head in that direction. So you're coming down. If you're texting, you're going to go down. Everything is becoming this micro focus. Mm -hmm. Your bodies go where your eyes go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So to have somebody from the generation before or two generations before tell you, oh, well, we used to play this much and it didn't do this to us. They had a different lifestyle. Totally. That's not a bad thing. Per I would say it's a little bit of a bad thing for the current generation, but it does mean that if somebody is putting these expectations on you without giving you the physical preparation for it, that person is being unfair. Yeah, 100%. They just are. Like, again, high schooler, go off to, it was it was Tanglewood for me, not Interlock, it was Tanglewood. Mm. And same deal where it was like, okay, well, I had, you know, two hours band rehearsal per day and an hour of practice, whatever, at high school. And a couple days a week, I'd go over and do my youth orchestra. And not that I wasn't playing a lot, but that's quite different than six hours a day of band, two hours a day of chamber, and you're expected to practice. That is right. a different story. And nothing else to do. Nothing else. That was it. That I was wasn't it. physically prepared for that. No, mm -hmm. Nobody knew how to prepare me for it. And we were very lucky that we had um, one of the gals, that was the clarinetist who was with the uh, Woodwind Quintet in residence. She had come off an injury too, which great thing emotionally for me because I was the only openly injured person at that camp. Mm. I know there were others looking back, but I was the only openly injured person in the clarinet section. There were a couple of open horn players, but, and a, a few others, I don't remember. I think we had oboe flute. doesn't matter, but thankfully at least I had that like, okay, I'm not alone, mm. which is what you're taught at least used to be. And she was trying to give us, you know, yoga poses. And that was, you know, taught, uh, touted as a very good thing um, that we had her. But she was the only person there. She was not a certified yoga instructor. She was just giving us stuff that helped her. And I'm having forearm problems. And she's giving me all these forearm stretches. Were my forearms tight? Yes, they were also shredded and inflamed. Right. It's not what you needed. That's not what I needed. And that's not her fault that she didn't know that, but that was the position I was in. And especially mm -hmm. when you're taught, you can't, you can't carry anything. You can't lift anything. All you can do is stretch and take painkillers and get massage and maybe chiropractic. Or rest or, and don't or play rest, at all. Or go to, <sighs> I, I did not have the right physical therapist. I, I think my physical therapist was wonderful for athletes had no clue what they were doing with me because a lot of the forearm stuff made me worse, not better. And I just felt like it made me worse 
And so wow. I just stopped doing I just stopped doing that portion of it. The rest of the stuff did help, but again, it hit that ceiling and came back down. We but, had really different physical therapists than because I don't know that my physical therapy when I, I went to the bone and joint clinic when I came back, I was 17. I keep telling people I was 16. I was actually 17. This was 97-ish. I came back, went to the bone and joint clinic. They said, hey, yeah, this is tendonitis is what this is. Um, we're going to give you these things. You should, you should rest. But rest mm -hmm. to me really meant I wasn't playing eight hours a day. I was going to be playing one hour a day. Honestly, that's, that's legit. That's, <laughs> that, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That is technically rest. You are, you are dropping the workload significantly. And then they right, said, right. we're going to give you these physical, physical therapy exercises. And I went, cool. We go, we did like, uh, we did curls, all the different kinds of ways. And we did, you know, twists and all the kinds of things. Yeah. And I just did them religiously as they told me to do. And it was fine. It was good. So, I mean, I actually had somebody, I don't know that they understood me as a musician, but what they right. gave me was what I needed. And as soon as yeah. I felt better, I was like, mm -hmm. I will avoid a needle in my arm at all, <laughs> at all points. So yeah. like, if you just doesn't get better, we're going to give you a cortisone shot. I'm like, cool. I'll do the exercises. No problem. Yeah. So I did them and they worked out just fine. Yeah. But you have to wonder, like, you know, if we had such different dissimilar situations, yeah. it just means that not all situations are the same. You could have the same diagnosis and completely right. different situations. You can, absolutely. And I'm sure because it was a sports, it's a sports guy that I went to, but mm. you know, you get referred and that was the only one that I knew. And I'd gone to a couple others with uh, no results whatsoever. I'm so this was so at least sure. a step in the right direction. Yeah. But my pain was in my forearm. So everybody was focused on my forearm. Hey, they didn't look up the chain, did they? A couple people did. Good. Um, and again, the, that physical therapist was one of them. Everything else they gave me for up the chain was fine. But I, I, it, I would describe what I had in my forearm as a tearing sensation just consistently. Yeah, the colder it got, the more it felt like you were just tearing and tearing and tearing and tearing. And I was playing awful. like that for a year, but so it was all the back of the forearm. And so the idea was, well, the back of your forearm must not be strong enough to handle that. So let's give you the thing where you stick your arm. Cause I mean, also my hands are very, very curly, right? Yeah. They don't want to open all the way. Um, I, I can do it now. I know I've learned how to do it. I'll I just want to be like, like they this? want to be very closed all the time. Have you always been that way though? It's gotten worse. It really? got worse. But I mean, you, you've, you've been that way since, you know, you were a little kind of thing. It wasn't like a, uh, what, or was that a playing thing? I don't know. I, I really never paid attention, but it was one of those, like, as my hands started getting worse and really it was Alexander technique when you just kind of plop your hands on your thighs and look at them. Yeah. Mine are not open. They're more open now than they used to be. But right. what I was given so, was that, you know, like take the bucket and fill it with rice or beans and open and then Okay. But that was just overusing the thing that was overused. Mm. That forearm was in pain because it was compensating for everything else. I had no wow. lats. I had no pecs. I had no tear, like nothing in the chain. My core was garbage. So everything was relying on, again, that right forearm, because that was also the one holding up the clarinet. Yeah. It was not the right thing to do with it. You know, and you needed strength overall. I did. And I also need to understand what I was doing and not using that same, like, look, I can open 
my hand with that spot that hurts, I can also open it with a different set of extensors yeah. using more of that chain and doing it the Alexander way. I can end up with a palm up, palm open kind of thing on my lap. It takes mm -hmm. a little bit of doing, but I can do it. The difference is understanding that I have that I have the ability to use more than just that one spot that felt like it was tearing nonstop. But I wasn't going to get that with a task-oriented assignment. No. Like, yeah, I can open my hand really hard. I can grip really hard. My forearms are great. Right. And this is something, what you're saying is it's like, this is what I heard with the, the things musicians don't talk about. And also with my clients and probably with your clients mm -hmm. is that we see is when it comes to musicians, it's not just the overuse injuries that we yeah. see of the, of the, of the forearm muscles or the, the, right. the muscles around the elbow, the cubital tunnel and the tendonitis and mm -hmm. quote carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, at least I can speak from my experience. Mm -hmm. And from what others have told me from their experience, a couple of um, ART practitioners that are here in Nashville that have treated drummers and stuff like they've said, I've never seen a true case of carpal tunnel. No, their forearms are just so freaking tight. That's calling sweat. It's causing swelling down here. They've got mm -hmm. to relax these muscles because they're overused. Right. Yeah. But it's also they're only they're overusing them in a certain way. So it's not just mm -hmm. we're overusing these muscles, but as I was mentioning, when we think yeah. about how we use our bodies, mm -hmm. you don't use your forearms and your fingers in isolation. Your body doesn't right. just stop from the, the elbow yeah. down. Right. Which is right? exactly what I was doing when I was playing clarinet. I yeah. only could feel from the elbow to the tips of my fingers. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. So you think about that, just how much of my body from the elbow up down to my sit bones, like my entire yeah. torso could have been used to support the instrument. And I wasn't, yeah. I was leaving it on the table. Yeah. Because you were focused here where you could feel it. And how many musicians yeah. just, they just depend on one of the muscles they can feel. Okay. Right. Quick, quick exercise guys. I want you to stop mm -hmm. and I want you to notice where your feet are on the floor. I don't care if you're driving or sitting or you're in a waiting room or whatever, you're walking along the grocery store. Do you feel both soles of your feet? If one is up, do you feel it? Do you feel the arches of your feet? Do you feel the middle toe? Mm -hmm. No. Do you feel the one next to it? Do you feel your pinky toe? Do you feel the inside of your big toe? Okay. Check this out. What about the spot behind your shoulder blade? Eh, probably. Mm -hmm. What about the spot underneath your nose? What about the spot in like behind your earlobes? All of this, it sounds kind of funny, but if we're not aware of the rest yeah. of our body, we only focus on what is, is crying out to us. Mm -hmm. As soon as we have more body awareness, we start yeah. noticing, oh my gosh, okay, so I've got all this stuff going on in my forearm. My shoulder now does kind of feel funny. If you're still not feeling that, most of the time I find things that happen in the wrist forearm and elbow stem mm -hmm. from the shoulder and the neck. Mm -hmm. There's either an instability or a muscle compensation going on there that it yeah. just can't, it can't deal with it. And that usually comes from the chest, back, levators, upper traps, neck, that whole area, this 
whole upper shoulder girdle area plus neck. And if it's all jacked up, guess where it's going to travel if you play an instrument? It's going to travel down to your wrist and your forearm. Guess what hurts? Wrist and forearm. Guess where the problem is? Up by your face. (laughs) But we don't think about it because we're not paying attention because it doesn't usually hurt. And we're never taught. And we're never taught. We're taught to stretch the thing that hurts. But going back to your injury number two, right? You're talking about your don't pec do it. Was, your pec was so tight. So tight. Your pec was short because yeah. it was tight. And your tore. back if I had stretched was, that, mm-hmm. your it back torn was back tearing. Back. It was already compensating, yeah. already longer. So what yeah. you needed to stretch was not the thing you felt. It was up front. Bingo. If anything, if anything. And I have some weird ideas about stretching that we'll leave out of this for now. But, uh, okay, real quick. Do not just well, stretch. Go for it. Go for it. This do is not important. just stretch a short, weak muscle. Strength. If it hurts, don't not in same stretch time. it. You don't know. Right. But if you have found out, like, say your pec is short, your pec is tight, you can stretch it. You also need to strengthen it because it's short, because it's weak. Do not necessarily do both at the same time because they do opposite things. Right. <laughs> so a little PSA there. Um, no, no, no. This is really, really <laughs> important. I think it's not something that's, that's addressed much because we think short, tight, weak, weak hurts. We don't understand how muscle can be tight and weak at the same time. Yeah. We do, the, the dis, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. It's, it's short because it's weak. It's short because it's not strong enough to get to its full length. That's why if I'm teaching somebody to deadlift who's got really bad hamstrings, I am not going to have them come off the ground. They're not capable of doing that safely yet. They're going to compensate in their lower yeah. back. And that's, if you've got a deadlift related injury and your back hurts, it's probably because your hamstrings aren't mobile enough to go that low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I can't tell you the number of people that, it, you know, we're, we're trying to do something with their arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their lower traps are gone. Just so atrophied. Mm-hmm. They haven't used them forever. The serratus anterior doesn't work for anybody who's listening, who has no idea what those muscles are. It doesn't matter. The point is if you lift your arm and you shrug your shoulder, yeah, guess what? That's not supposed to happen. So no. you should be able to lift your arm at a 45 degree angle without shrugging your shoulder. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, that's what we're talking about. That means that's yeah. an injury waiting to happen because there's a yeah. compensation there that shouldn't be there. You've got weak yeah. muscles that are not working. You've got overactive muscles that are super overactive. And yeah. these are all things that can be um, mitigated through strength training. Yeah. And, they, and it doesn't have to be. Now, granted, I do musician-specific strength training, as do you. Right. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be that. Just like... Right some good solid core work and, you know, grip yeah. strength, like holding heavy yeah. things has mm-hmm. value. Yes. And having somebody who, if you don't know what you're doing, having somebody who does, I know we've said it again and again and again, but like that is gold. That is worth every cent, you know, it is. Um, and even knowing what I'm doing now, mostly. I'll always say I'm constantly learning. I will never stop, um, partly because it's fun and partly because I just don't want to be that person who, God, the number of people who are like, well, the answer to that is this. I'm like, okay, but it didn't work for that person. So there's something else. 
drives me nuts. Can't, can't be that person. So, um, but even knowing what I know now, like I will consult, I will consult with somebody else that I trust about, okay, this, this doesn't feel right. I've hit a wall. What do you see? What do you think? What are you noticing? What do you have that I don't tools wise? Look, because like, man, trying to figure it out on your own when you can't see yourself. Olympic coach, Olympic athletes have coaches. Yes. All of them. What makes us different? You eat as a musician, you have a teacher, you have a mentor, you have somebody that you would trust to listen to your excerpts or whatever. Yeah. When we come to like myself as a trainer, let me tell you, I've had several trainers that have been okay. And also some who've been terrible. Have I found one lately who has fit me? No. Am I on the hunt for one? Yes. Because yes, I can write my own training programs. And I've said this before, but I don't stick to my own training programs because I cannot be objective with myself. I don't need someone to like watch me all the time, but I need someone who knows what I, what I do and can look at me with that objective eye and go, yeah, you need this. And I'm like, I don't like that. And they go, oh, that's tough. Too bad. Find an exercise you like to fix this issue because otherwise it won't happen. You know, remember that. Olympic athletes have coaches. They don't get to the Olympics on their own. Right. You should not be doing any of this on your own. Neither should we, you know, no, there's, there's nothing I know a lot of trainers have their own coaches because they're so busy helping other people. They don't have time to like deal with their own fitness. It's just, it takes too much time. There's not, there's no shame in that. That's, that's super solid. And even if you are at the point where, because I feel mostly okay about writing my own programming. Yeah, for you sure. Are at that, like on and off, it depends. I'll, I'll cycle in other people's stuff, which benefits me because then I just steal from them, which is awesome. Um, yeah. you know, I had years where I was <laughs> solid with it, but like at this point yeah. I'm not, but like at the no. same time, it's like, I was good for years. Right. That's but fine. It's also cyclical, right? It is. You know, but even, even if you're at that point where you're like, no, I know what to do. Okay. But somebody has got to, somebody needs to be outside of you looking at what you're doing. Yeah. You know, um, you, the same way you can't hear everything musically because the, as a wind player, the, the instrument is in your mouth. Okay. Mm. You are getting bone conduction into your eardrums. So you need somebody who's a little further, like even just chair next to you makes an enormous difference. That's why we sound so different on recordings, right? There. So if we're that meticulous with, we need to hear recordings of ourselves as musicians and we need to have another pair of ears, even if it's just a friend, of course you need somebody looking at you moving because they're gonna be looking at different things than you would. Right. Think about it in terms of a master class. Yeah. Same difference. Yep. Same thing. Whatever. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You go, you have a master class with somebody. You, it doesn't mean uh-huh. that you're any less of a person because you have a you have a you're at a master class with someone. You just value their opinion. You know right. they're gonna yeah. see things and you're gonna hear it different because you haven't yes. heard it this way before. Yes. Same with you know, you try different strength coaches, try different practitioners. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to resonate with you. And it's important yeah. for you to know who you resonate with 
But strength is important for all of us. So go have a session with somebody and see if you have a rapport with them. Like, what do you see when I do this? If they can't tell you, then move on. Yeah. 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 Um, Quick sidebar. And then I'm yeah. going to leapfrog off of what you said, but quick sidebar here, just, you were talking about the masterclass thing and it just yeah, yeah, yeah. like, so when the I was original going, masterclass because before it came like super popular and like a buzzword, <laughs> but when I was, when I was going for my doctorate, you know, I was, when I was looking at schools, I mm. went in and I took lessons with the people I was interested in and I came back and I just, I won't ever forget. I'm sure he's forgotten at this point, but I came back to, I was studying with Bob Spring at the time yeah. and I came back to him and I just went, Cause he was asking me, you know, how'd it go? Who'd you like? What'd they say? And I'm like, they said everything that you've been saying to me, I now realize for the last six months to a year, but they said it differently. And now I understand what you were saying. hundred percent. I understand that he was trying to get the same thing, but because they said it just, just not that much differently. I was like, Oh, uh, and of course I felt like an idiot, which was hilarious in hindsight. <laughs> but we've all like, been there. We right. have all been there. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's made me less sensitive as an instructor too. To, I was never very sensitive about somebody working with another person, but I'm very not sensitive. Like, oh, have students come to you like, oh, well, I, I wanted to take a lesson with this other person. Do it. Don't do, do it. it. Don't it do it. Do it. Do it. Tell Please. me how it went. Like, you know. Um, cause they're probably going to say the same thing. And if not, what they say is going to be interesting to me. Maybe I know about it. Maybe I am not focused on that area. And that's a really interesting point. Yeah, no, it's so good. My... It's really good. <laughs> that's my sidebar. <laughs> no, it, it, that's, I I'm thinking about all these masterclasses that I have traveled to, to, uh, uh, I've, I've, I've had lessons with certain people and I've traveled, I'm thinking, um, Jean Ferrandi, he came to Indiana a few years after I heard him play in Charlotte. And my gosh, the man just pulled sound out of the air. He, it was like it didn't exist. And he went here. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, he was just like mesmerized. Listen to this man play and everything he did was so effortless. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. And it was wonderful. Like it, Listening to him gave you a sense of ease in your body, or at least it did for me. I felt yeah. at ease listening to him, but I was at, like enraptured at the same time. And I went, mm-hmm. okay, this is yeah. someone I need to understand. Yeah. And then I think he accepted a position at UCAL or something, but he was going to be, oh, shoot, somewhere in Indiana where one of my, my former college roommates was hanging out. I'm like, I'm going to go, I want to go to this masterclass. She goes, Oh, you stay with me. Well, you know, we're going to hang out and I'm going to go see this thing. Um, and it was just, I had had the opportunity to hang out with him at FSU when he was a guest artist and then listening to him there. It just, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you have heard the same thing when you hear somebody else say it in a different way, especially somebody when you've heard them play and you're like, I want to be that. Mm -hmm. How do I be effortless in my sound? How do Mm -hmm. I want to pull sound out of the air? That's just (laughs) what came to me. And like, you know, he, the way he phrased it, he's French. So the way Mm -hmm. he phrased things could have been the exact same as what Ava said, who is Swiss. Right. But he phrased them differently. So I right. interpreted it. Yeah. 
And it was, it was magical. And I thought, you know, that you can put, you can do this with strength coaches. You can do this with people you decide with personal trainers. You try out with gyms, with teachers, with Krav Maga, with Mm -hmm. whatever you decide to try. Yeah. But if you don't ever try because you're afraid because someone said, Oh, you'll hurt your fingers. Right. Please no. They're, they're living in the past. You can hurt your fingers. I cut the end of my finger off right here. Chopping onions. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with the gym. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've done it twice, actually. Learn how to chop yeah. onions properly, please. But let's <laughs> tell you, it has nothing to do with the gym. Yeah. No, I, I left. Um, I was helping out a friend at one point um, with a, a seminar they were putting on. I didn't do the physical labor portion. I'm like, I can do literally everything else, but I'm not picking up this stuff. I have a lesson tomorrow. I don't want to risk it. You know, it's my doctorate. And, uh, I go home. And the very first thing I do while walking down the hall is smack the crap out of my shoulder on the edge of the hallway wall because I wasn't looking where I was going. Just wham hard. And I was like, I should have just helped them set up. (laughs) (laughs) This would have been better. That would have been better. Yeah. That was literally my response was like, because I, I mean, I was so bruised. I'm like, my lesson's gonna be kind of crappy tomorrow anyway. Because I, I mean, it was, I was hurt for days. Ow, over you really that, snapped it. Over something that stupid. I was like, that I should have just, just helped them carry the stuff. Wouldn't have made any difference. Wouldn't have made any difference. There's the you thing. <laughs> you could have said that and then gone to the grocery store and been like, I'm going to take in all these groceries at one time. It's the same thing, guys. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a barbell or groceries or kitty no, litter, which weighs 25 pounds. Like, come on. <laughs> last time I threw out my back, I was reaching over to pick up a piece of paper. So, you know. See? <laughs> How'd you, how did you hurt yourself? I woke up. I mean, these, these, these are accurate. And those, by the way, though, those are another story, but those are yet yeah. are generally things that have been accumulating until this yeah. point. So I, yeah, that's been, my you experience. didn't throw out your back because you woke up. It's no an accumulation of bad pop. Another yeah, story yeah. for another if, time. If you're, if you slept funny on it, not all the time, but nine times right. out of ten, it was something that was waiting to happen. It's an yeah. issue that is manifesting that way. Same thing, like, not because I, I work with not just musicians, right? I work mm. with average people too. And nine times out of ten, oh, my back really bothers me a lot. Okay. Uh, first things I'm going to look at, if it's your lower back, number one thing I'm going to look at are, is your core. Mm-hmm. It's probably garbage. 100%. Next thing I'm going to look at are your lats. And I'm going to assume that you have issues with your hamstrings or your glutes or both. You tell me that you have forearm and shoulder problems. I'm going to immediately look to see if you are mentally disconnecting the area you're telling me that hurts from the rest of your body. I'm going to yep. check your laps. I'm going to check your teres. I'm going to check your pecs. Chances are one, if not all three of those things are a problem, you know? Yep. And I, I haven't run into a case yet. Personally, I have not run into a case yet where that was not true. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, if that's a low back pain issue, yep. there's core weakness, glute yep. weakness, a yep. hamstring tightness yep. because it's weak mm-hmm. and or hip flexor tightness. Yeah. Or hypermobility. Yeah, for sure. And then there's, weakness. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Yes. So, I mean, it's, it's a, most of the time where I find people having pain problems is yeah. from weakness. Yes. Very seldom. And I mean, very seldom have I found somebody who is in pain from something that is tight. If it's, in, if it is, it's usually because there's like an injury there, like epicondylitis or something or That's a traumatic another situation. Yeah. Or a, but, some sort of trauma, physical trauma, like, yeah being right. in an accident or falling, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but listening, no. listening to these people talk on the, on the, uh, on the podcast, mm-hmm. it was just amazing to hear all of these people from all different walks of life, from all different types of instrument playing and backgrounds. And they all came to the same, like at, at the very end, they all went, I found a strength coach or I found Pilates or I found strength right. in some strength training right. in some form or another. And mm-hmm. that's what helped me. And they yeah. weren't ashamed about it. May, may, well, some of them were maybe a little bit, they were a little like embarrassed, like yeah, you know, a while to get here, but they all said it made like nine of out of 10. And that's a, yeah. that's a generalized yeah. statement, you know, but yeah. most of the people on the, on the, um, Things musicians don't talk about injury awareness week. If you go back and listen, they mentioned they hired a personal trainer. They hired a strength coach. They got involved in some kind of strength training and the pain went away. This is not a novelty. It shouldn't be a novelty at this point. My gosh, we've been doing this long enough. No, we're, we're meant to be very, we are meant to be strong. You look at the loads that children were carrying back in the day and we can't do it now as adults yeah and not that you know we want to necessarily be doing that kind of physical labor not that that didn't take a toll on them but you just look at what we're built to do and this is absolutely an example of if you don't use it you lose it for sure we're not meant to be weak we, we are not designed to thrive that way and I wish I had realized that sooner. We're not designed to thrive that way. We're not designed to thrive without sunlight. We're not designed to thrive off of it. I'm going to throw this one out here. It's going to piss some people off. I don't care. We're not designed to thrive off of processed foods. Mm. Truth. Are all of this modification and stuff that's coming, like everything processed, everything modified, every, everything chemical. It's all light years age-wise ahead of where our bodies are development-wise if we're going off of evolutionary theory, mm. it's light years ahead. We can't process it. And there's tons of studies to show that we can't process it. You can survive off of it, but I mean, for God's sake, how many different cultures survive in a starvation uh, situation because we're designed to survive? To survive. Surviving and thriving are very different. Not the same thing. Not the well, same thing. We're survival mechanisms, but that is not our ideal state. And as a musician, how much of our time do we feel like we spend surviving? Wouldn't you much rather thrive and feel at ease and enjoy what you're doing instead of just feeling like you've got to get through the next thing and no matter what it is? Right. And when you look at your favorite, right. And when you look at your favorite performers, do they seem to carry that sort of frantic nature as well? Or Mm. do they seem just really confident? And really comfortable and like they're and like you're talking about i already forget his name the french flutist Jean just, Perondi. <laughs> so you're talking about and i'm thinking of um a couple of clarinetists that 
I've heard play who are some of my favorites and it's yeah. the same thing. It's effortless. Effortless. And you just look at, I'm like, looking at them in hindsight with the knowledge I have, I suspect one of them has a little bit of neck pain, but it's not from playing. Yeah. From It's from sitting, standing, whatever. It's not from playing. But it's so effortless and easy. And it's so easy for us to go, kind of go into that lack mindset. Like, well, they've already made it, so they don't have to be stressed out. You think they're going to be playing on the biggest stages in the world and not feel mm. that pressure? Mm-mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Realistically? They found some way to be holistic. And I'm convinced that's what got them there. Not the other way around. Not the other way around. Yeah. I know. I'd like to study with him more. And, and, and it, he's not on the internet very much. So I, I mean, unless you get to hang out with him in person, you're not going to be able to like, right. he, he doesn't internet much, you know, I mean, good luck finding yeah. him. I think, like I said, I think he's in California, UCAL That's or something. probably why he's more healthy than probably, <laughs> you know, like for real, but when, when I heard him in Charlotte, I want to say it's like 2011, this was forever ago. And he was just standing on stage in front of thousands of us flute players and he just looked like as one person said he was waiting for the bus just chilling and doing this most amazing like he could have been waiting for a sandwich i mean he was just just super chill like waiting for his baguette and brie i mean and he would just out of nowhere and it was it was just mesmerizing to watch because what you heard and what you saw is so different from what you normally see, which is people who move around a lot and just frantic, you know, they have to show you that they're engaged. No, he didn't know. You can tell, you can tell. And the ones I'm thinking of too, like, yeah, they honestly, yes, it was so easy to watch them. They were having a ball though. I mean, oh, you knew they are. They, you could see the smile in their eyes. Like they didn't need to dance around the stage for you to know that they were having a good time. You could just see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And but there and was I, no I, excess tension going on to make the things happen. Like I said, he pulled sound out of the air. If you think mm-hmm. about what does that make you feel when I say that, as opposed right. to he made this sound come out of nothing. Right. No, no, he pulled that, it out. It existed just, and he just manifested it. Bingo. That's, that's all. That's all. Bingo. That's what we're going for as musicians. Yes. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Yeah. Now I, I, <laughs> Isn't that what you I want was, to hear all the time? Right. Um, I was going to say that it was probably like a few minutes ago. I was like, oh, this is probably a good place to stop. But I actually want to just kind of make a point here real quick. At, um, definitely before we stop. Um, this is important. This is what we do. And we don't talk about it enough. Yes. So go for it. Yes. And um, you know what? Let's take a commercial break. Let's do that. When we come back, I will tell you how this all relates. We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. Um, Today we are talking about uh, strength as it applies to uh, the holistic nature of musical performance and how common that is in people who've actually recovered from injuries. So um, common and necessary. Yes. 
So we've been talking about, um, again, the commonalities with uh, the number of people who found that they needed strength in the end and uh, what we've come across in terms of injuries. And it's almost always an imbalance somewhere or a weakness somewhere. And then we started talking about the, uh, the concept, like these, these performers we love who just kind of, it's so easy for them and it just, they just manifest the sound that's already in the air and just bring it into it, you know. Mm. And it, it occurred to me that these are, on, a, on the surface level, they seem very disparate, right? We're talking about strength versus manifesting sound and complete ease of movement. And I think that there's a general uh, mental conflict, at least in a lot of people I've spoken to, between the concept of ease of movement and strength training. So you think strength training and a lot of people think, oh, you've got to slam weights and slam plates and, you know, you've got to throw your whole body behind it and it should be really intense and roar and, um, you know, and like all of this really aggressive movement that's high risk or whatever. And um, the truth of the matter is when, at least when I'm training people, um, whether they are musicians who are coming to me or again, the average Joe, um, I'm looking for efficiency of movement first. I don't care how heavy you can go on a movement if you're not moving well. It should feel safe. 100%. It should feel safe. If you're doing a deadlift with me and it starts getting heavy and either you feel like the next one is not safe or I see the next one is not mm -hmm. safe, you're not doing the next one. We're nope. done. Nope. We got to fix know? it first. But that's... Yeah. First off, we got to fix it. Second off, uh, effective and efficient, not the same at the same time. Well, that should be, that should be one word. Efficient. Efficient? Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Mary, I'm for you to adopt that one. But you look at people who are in strength sports long-term and successful long-term, not the people who just like show up as young kids and then fizzle out and they're gone. I'm talking oh. people who are in the business for over a decade mm -hmm. as a competitor. Their movements are extremely efficient. Efficient. They don't They're waste efficient. energy. No. And if you look at their training versus their competition, if you're only watching competition, all you're going to see is that big, scary stuff. Because in competition, much in the same way, if we're in performance season and it's like, I have to nail this audition, but then I'm not doing anything for two months. Can I afford? to push past my physical limitations in the audition and then take two months to recover, I can. Is it important enough for that? Maybe, maybe not. If all you're looking at at strength sports is in comp is uh, competition mode, that's all you're going to see is people pushing past where they really necessarily should mm -hmm. so that they can win because they know they're going to recover afterwards. Mm -hmm. You don't see necessarily their recovery. If you're not also watching their training, Recovery is not fun to watch. It's not sexy. It's not interesting. It's, no, it's boring. You'll only see people really posting their max outs. You won't see them posting accessory work, you know, all the boring foundation stuff that keeps you from getting hurt. You also won't see bodybuilding competitors in their off season. No, they gain like a hundred pounds. It's nasty. Yeah. Not, like, not, that, not that they're nasty, but what happens to their bodies is just a nasty cycle, like from a health perspective. <laughs> There's some that have, that have, that have mastered it, but it's, it's, it's really hard on your body. And it's a full-time deal, by the way, guys, this is it not is. a, you're not going to no. get to that point unless you dedicate your life to it. It's a full-time job. Right. Right. 
So when you're in the gym working on strength training for music performance, it should, you should have fairly easy mechanics. If not, mm -hmm. you're probably doing a, a movement you're not ready for. And it cross applies to musical performance in terms of resting strength, which is something else that we don't really talk about too much. If you want, maybe, maybe we talked about this in the podcast, but I know I've talked about it in a couple of like lesson settings and in the class settings. So I'll, I'll just reiterate it again. Look at a newborn baby or a young baby, right? Mm -hmm. Month old or whatever. And they're struggling to lift their head, right? That is max effort just to mm -hmm. lift their head and turn. Max effort. Look at a six-month-old sitting up unsupported. You think they're thinking about lifting their head anymore? No. Why? Their neck muscles are developed enough that their resting strength makes that feel effortless. Mm -hmm. We don't think that. about... We don't think about sitting up most of us anymore until we get to a point of hurt. Mm -hmm. We don't think about standing up until we get to a point of hurt, but that's because we have the resting strength to know that our bodies can do it. You give your body the challenge inside a strength training setting. And then when you get to the instrument, you don't have to think about it. Your body's already strong enough. Mm -hmm. And it's easy and effortless. Mm -hmm. Then again, if you have programmed yourself to work hard at everything, mm -hmm. you will continue to work too hard at everything. Yeah. I'm going to insert something that may or may not completely apply, but I have been listening to this podcast called the Successful Mind Podcast with David Nagel. Um, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, this is the guy who got sucked through a dam and yeah. what? Yeah. It's like anytime I think that, it's like, that's not possible. Right. But Right. Okay. So now that I have your attention, um, he said something in one of his podcasts the other day, and he does a lot of really short ones, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. They're not always really long. Um, and a lot of it's about mindset, obviously the, the, the successful, uh, mind, mind, but he does a lot of things that really change your way of thinking about money and about health and about all these things. Right. And there was something he said the other day that really hit home with me because as a culture in the U.S., the American mm -hmm. dream is that you work hard, you get the thing. Because you come here, you can achieve whatever you want, but you got to work hard for it. It doesn't come easy. And what he said was exactly the opposite. He's like, it doesn't have to be hard work. And I went, what? Yes, yes, it does. And like everything in me went, no, <laughs> that's, that's not what I've learned. Everything has to be like hard work. I have to apply myself. He, he's like, well, hear me out. And I'm going to butcher this. But basically is you don't have to work hard at everything your entire life. Once you've mastered something, you can rest in that. And then you can, you can build off that. And it doesn't have to be hard work the rest of your life, whether that's a course that you're building or uh, a tour, or, you know, like once you, it's kind of like strength, you build strength. It's easy to maintain strength. It's difficult to yes. build strength. It's easy to maintain. Right. Same yes. with your playing ability. It's easy to maintain your playing ability. It's harder to build it. So right. same with your career, you know, it's all these things, like it doesn't have to be yeah. hard work all the time. And I just went, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just went like, right. and I'm like, that's not right. fair. He's, he's absolutely right. 
It yeah. doesn't have to be hard work. Yeah. Well, and part of that is consistency. Too. It is. That's the, oh my that's gosh. The other consistency is the biggest thing. That's the other element is because I mean, if you're <sighs> maintaining strength, right? Maintaining is easy, but you have to maintain it. And it's so easy to be like, well, I got here, so now I'm going to drop off entirely. I, no, no. Yeah, and the, the hard thing is, is the maintenance, right? Or not the maintenance, the consistency. Consistency it's, is a hard like, thing. It is. It is. Because it's so easy to be like, but I'm tired of doing this. I'm like, well, then something's up with your mindset. Something's up yep. with something else that's going on. Yep. And that can be addressed. Harder to address. I just don't want to. Than why don't you want to? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what else is what else is wrong? What's wrong? Not with the thing. What's wrong with you? You know, like, am I on top There's of all my stuff right now? No. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Lots. <laughs> Lots. This is you a know? whole podcast <laughs> at this point. That's a whole other conversation. But but, but yeah, the the consistency is the hard thing, and it you know I've been reading. Post from my fellow trainers on Instagram. And the thing they post a whole lot about is like consistency. And I see this with music teachers, like, maybe I should do this. You should go practice. Maybe I should practice. Have you been practicing? You practice. I mean, like, you know, same with training. Right. Maybe you should do what yeah. I told you. Did you do what I told yeah. you? You didn't do what yeah. I told you. Have you right. been to the, you right. know, quit looking for the next best thing. Right. Give whatever you're trying some time, give it mm-hmm. some consistency if right. it doesn't sit well with you, that's fine. Yeah. But give it some time. And right. as you're going to see from all these other people that are telling you, more than likely, if strength is what you need, you're going to find out real quick how much better you feel. And yeah. then you can find out what you like. If you talk, like, we look at our, our yeah. episode with Chase and you talk about Krav Maga was his thing where he yeah. started with Pilates. Started with Pilates, went to CrossFit, then is doing powerlifting and Krav, right? Was the last thing I heard. Yes. Jesus, you know, <laughs> terrible palsy. I mean, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's, if you haven't gone to listen to that episode. Oh, that was a cool one. Please. Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was an yeah. amazing episode. Yeah. But yeah. Like I, you've got to try the things, but give them some time. And pretty soon, yeah. once you, once you get that base of you start to understand yourself, when you get in that strength mm-hmm. training realm, whether you're just lifting something and you're, you start to understand I don't understand here. I don't know what I need here. I'm yeah. lacking here. I want some direction here. Then you yeah. start to know where to look. Cause I've had clients right. that I've trained that just needed a corrective exercise program, but she's like, thank you. This has helped me get rid of pain. I don't mm-hmm. like strength training. I'd much rather do yoga and go hiking. I'm like, out of girl. I don't yeah. care. You got to do what's yeah. good for you. But if you didn't do yeah. this one thing, you're going to get back right. to pain. And she's like, Every time I just got to do your, I just got to do your program. Right. And it doesn't mean it has I mean, to be over your life, but it's still no. strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's maintaining a strength that she's built. Yoga Bingo. can do that too, by the way. I know it sounds like, oh, for sure. Uh, but man, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing in there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, and, and I get this too. You get me much over five people and I start, I can tell that my quality of coaching is diminishing. That's why I don't like large groups. I don't, um, I don't want to do large groups for that reason. But like, I mean, can I teach you how to feel your hamstrings in a one-on-one? Absolutely. Can I do it in a group of three or four? Yep. Can I do it in a group of 30? No, no, I can't. 
No, I can't because I, I have 29 other people. And that's most intro to yoga classes. So they're going to say, okay, we'll hold this plank position. And you might not understand if you can't feel your pecs, how to do that. And that's not the your butt sticking way up in the air and sort of tucking your pelvis you and know, pulling in your belly button and all that. You don't right, know. Maybe you maybe you can't feel your core, even if you're in the right looking position. Sure. Maybe you're not. Maybe you can't feel what you're doing. And that doesn't oh help anybody. You know, if you don't know what you're using, that doesn't help anybody. Including Can I tell you the number of yeah. clients I've had try to do a dead bug and they look perfect? I'm like, are you pulling your belly button towards the floor? Is your low back flattened out and you're holding it there on purpose? She went, oh, that's a lot harder. Could you tell a difference? Barely. Mm -hmm. You can't do that in a, in a group setting. So it's no. just like, she goes, oh, that's a lot harder. Yep. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> You yeah. know, and that's what's beautiful about about one on one coaching. Um, yeah. No shame in plugging your own stuff here, but like, just this is why you this is why you get a you get a um, you study with a teacher. You trust yeah. them to guide you. A trainer does the same thing. You just got to find the right one. Yeah. And if you want to stay with them, great. And if you don't, great. But if you've right. never had a session, a one on one session with a personal trainer. It'll yeah. change your life if you find a good one. If you find a yeah. bad one, not so much. Yeah. But. Yeah. If you find a bad one who's just like, oh, we'll just max out. Mm, that's a problem. Um, that's a bad one. <laughs> that's a bad I have one. bad ones. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, you find somebody who just wants you to do whatever it is that they're interested in, whether or not it's what you need. Bingo. That's a problem. Your um, trainer's goals should not be your goals. Yeah. It should be the opposite yeah. way around. Right. And if you're going from zero days a week and they put you on a five-day program, that's a problem. If you're a couch potato, you should not be on a five-day program. No. Nope. Three is probably going to be really intense, to be honest. Three's max. Yeah. Two, yeah. probably, to start. Two's better. Two's good. Two's better. We're in the same thing. <laughs> you know? I, give, I give my new my new couch potatoes, I give them two days of strength um, and then a daily corrective routine that they may yeah. or may not do. I'm like, this is kind of optional, yeah. but the more you get into yeah. the habit of doing it, the less mm -hmm. you have to do it. And then we can yeah. do it into more strength stuff. And then we go to three days after like four weeks. Yeah, but that's, that's consistency and building. That's not the consistency, not immediate. Is the, just the showing up in small doses, not the, okay, well, you're, you've got to do all this stuff right now because you know. So when people are listening to this is probably <laughs> in January. And what are we thinking? Yeah. We have to do everything right now. No, no, no. Do you want um, to change your habits? Remember that whole thing we did on healthy habits. If you want to change your habits. You have to go small. Yes. Please don't try to do it all at once. My gosh. Right. Right. Do something you can actually maintain without killing yourself. You can always add more, but once you burn out, you're not going to back down. You're going to quit. You're going to quit. Just like everybody else. And we've all yeah. been there. Yes. But it's like, you got to find the thing that you like. And I know we've said this before, but you got to find the thing that you like. Yeah. You got to find a reason to do it for you. Yep. And then you have to find, you've got to make it convenient enough to do it. Because if you don't, yeah. it's too easy to not do it. Yeah. And it, it, go back and listen to our healthy habits series. We talked yeah. about the, the power of habit and how you change that cycle. Because this is the time of year that you're really wanting to do that. And if you want to make this year different than any other year, you got to have more than just whatever you've done in the past that hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. You got to have a plan. You got to have a, a support group. You've got yeah. to have a trainer. You've got to have a, a you know, a, whatever it is, all these things we've talked about. 
It's got to yeah. be different. And it's got to scare me a little bit. Yeah. And if a you struggle, bit. if you struggle with physical activity in terms of, again, like we were talking about uh, PE scars, stuff like that, yeah. if you've got any of that sort of baggage for the love of God, have a support system. I don't care if that's a mm. friend that you go with. I don't care if that's a one-on-one -on -one with somebody that you trust as a trainer. I mm -hmm. don't care. Have a support system because you're, you're not going to make it otherwise. Um, you I can would, do this by I yourself. would not have done it without the right people around me. I really wouldn't have. And now I can go on my own. That's fine. I actually kind of prefer it. I'm like, don't talk to me. You know, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not a group coach person, but right. But most of us weren't group or, or weren't, um, we didn't start one-on-one -on -one music either. Right. No, most people are like, Oh, well started in band, band or everybody else or mm -hmm. choir, you know, but you were there with your friends and it was fun and you were doing something fun with your friends. And now you have that association. And mm -hmm. now the thing is fun now. Yeah. Now you want to do it on your own. Same thing. It is. It is. And we're here for you. If you want to reach out to us by home means, if we can't help Absolutely. you, we would be happy to point you to someone who can. Absolutely. It's oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, you know, it's um, I posted this the other day. By the other day, I'd probably mean yesterday. By the time you're listening to this, it doesn't matter. But uh, I'm trying to grow the uh, music strong base because I don't want to just be a personal trainer forever. What I want to do is change the entirety of musicians' wellness and make music strong a destination for musicians' wellness, which means I need a whole bunch of people that don't do what I do in a place that, you know, I need to be able to refer people. I need yeah. local people. It's a, so if you're in that, if you're listening and you are a wellness practitioner of some sort, I don't care if you're an ear, nose and throat doctor, a hand surgeon, uh, a Pilates instructor, acupuncturist, massage therapist, chiropractor, golfer, whatever, uh, Alexander technique person, body mapper, neurokinetic therapist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Musicians wellness is not a one size fits all, no. especially if you are a strength coach. I definitely want to talk to you because we need more of us to do this. And this is, this yeah. is how we grow this whole thing where yeah. we take care of each other and you can travel. Yeah. And it, eventually I want to, I probably shouldn't be saying this right now, but like, I want to franchise it out eventually. And, you know, I want to have places where people go, you know, like you, you travel as a planet fitness. I want there to be a music strong. This is where musicians go when they're on tour. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got someone who can go on the road with them or they've got a place they can go. You know, because you trust that brand. You trust these people. Like, you get me as a musician. You're not just a random trainer that just, you know what I mean? I mean, there's mm -hmm. something to be, I've had enough bad personal training experiences and I've had enough yeah. people tell me their experiences. I don't want that duplicated. Yeah. I'm sure we're human, but yeah. So it, yeah. just saying, putting that out there, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> help me yeah. out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm wondering if we talk, I suspect we haven't talked about this yet, but that's like totally the direction that I was wanting to head also locally. Um, not necessarily with, well, no, I guess we could do it under tune and tone. I don't care as long as there's a support system, but I'm like, no, there, right. should, be, there should be a networked group for everything. Um, yeah. Everything, including performance anxiety and like the psychology, yes. like, counseling no, psychology be, all of that there needs to be a support structure and it needs to be a fully comprehensive one 100 yeah. i don't know why this isn't happening yet well because we're 
still weird. We're ahead of our time. <laughs> We're still weirdos out here doing this stuff. You know, I've been thinking about this for years and this is the first time I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. So I put the word out yesterday. I'm like, I don't know how, I'll be honest. I don't have a clue how I'm going to make it happen. But if I don't start it, I'm not going to, I'm going to continue to not have a clue. Got to have some people, right? So if you are a wellness practitioner and you are passionate about helping musicians, please talk to us because we want to talk to you. We want other people yeah. to know who you are. Yeah. And this doesn't need to be a niche novelty thing. This needs to be right. standard. There should be a right. strength trainer or a strength coach, just like there is an athletic trainer for every, every football team. There should be a strength yeah. coach for every orchestra. Not just a physical therapist who, nothing wrong with physical therapists, but not just a physical therapist who helps you when you get injured. How about we have programs to prevent it instead of it being this other thing, right? That's competitive sports. You know, if you get injured, you go to the, you know, you, you go to the doctor, you get everything medically done. You go to the physio, the physical therapist, you go to the athletic trainer and you go back to the strength coach. So it cannot happen. It doesn't have to happen again. Right. Why doesn't that happen in the musical world? It should. That's the, that's the kind of support system they have for that level of competition. And we have very stiff competition as well. Extremely stiff. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. So that's where we are with that. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think we covered, covered it all. Covered I really hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't uh, leave us a comment, let us know what we didn't cover and we might talk about it next time or the time after. <laughs> yeah. And if you have somebody you think we should interview, please let us know. And don't yes. forget to hit the subscribe button yes. and share it with somebody else. Yes. So thank you guys for listening. Us. Yes. <laughs> Thank you all, all for listening. Right. We appreciate it. See you next time. Hey, musicians. Did you know that up to 90% of musicians will experience playing related pain or injury over the course of their careers? If it's not you, it's the person next to you. And they may or may not be talking about it. They may be suffering in silence because they're afraid if they talk about it, they might lose their job or not get hired for that next gig. This can lead to a lack mindset which can lead to a loss of income and job insecurity, which is the thing we fear most. How many times growing up were you told and have you heard that musicians are broke? If you're going to be a musician, you'll never have any money. Yeah, you're going to have to get a J-O-B, right? Not true, friends. Not true. This is Angela McCusin from Music Strong, and I've got a brand new pilot program that I'm calling Job Security for Musicians. I would love for you to join. And what that program entails is that we are going to address the three core problems that musicians face when it comes to not having job security. Those three things are lack of strength and endurance, strength and stamina, injury, and being clueless when it comes to what your options are or what injuries you might face or where you can turn or what you can do when you have those issues. We are going to overcome all of those things. So by the time this program ends, You're going to be empowered with the knowledge of your own body. You're going to have increased body awareness. You're going to have an increased knowledge of the anatomy of your body as it relates to playing an instrument. You're going to have a keen awareness of all the different types of injuries you could face. More importantly, you're going to learn how to overcome and prevent injury. You're going to be able to write your own corrective exercise routine, and you're going to know how to increase your strength and endurance as a musician. So 
you can play as long as a career as you want, instead of that career being dictated by injury and having to cut it short. So if this is something that interests you, head on over to musicstrong.com slash job security, and we'll get you all the details. Come join us because the beta program is only going on to the end of the year, and then we go up to full price. It's a group coaching program, and we would love to have you join the community. Come join the Music Strong community and change the world.